Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunsinger at Thunder Chats. We're part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Now that that is out of the way, I am joined by a few lovely gentlemen today. First of all, we've got the man who I can only see the shadow of a ceiling fan right now. Uh, he's on mute. I'm just saying that, so he <laughs> unmutes himself. Alex Roy. What up, Alex? He's treat, he treating me like the old of the podcast, like... <laughs> Like, I'm going to come on here and not, you know, and start talking whenever we, you know, whenever it's muted. That's Cone that does that, not me. <laughs> that was unnecessary. There was no reason to throw that shot, Alex. And look who's on mute now. <laughs> hey, that was a shot and an introduction. Welcome to the pod. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't even need Dylan's introduction. Um, thank you, Alex. I appreciate it taking the role now. Um, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking, Alex. And excited to talk some Thunder Hoops as usual. Dylan, we have one more guest since I guess we're doing this transition thing now, so I'll send it back over to you. You sure you don't want to read the intro, Cone? No, you're way better at this than me. <laughs> no, you got it. All right, well, hey, since uh, since Alex took the intro, I've got a little extra juice here. So uh, joining us today is a man that has shockingly little info on the internet, so let's get you caught up. He is a writer, podcaster, and self-proclaimed NBA generalist. He is part of the NBA Overstated Show, and he is here to talk with us about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ladies and gentlemen, his takes are so hot, you got to let it burn. I guess this is part one of his OKC confessions. If you're touched by the words of this intro, please welcome Brett Usher. What is going on, fellas? That's a, you know, I've been on quite a few quite a few podcasts uh by now and i i gotta say that's that's the best intro yet that was that was exceptionally well done but no it's great to be on here with you guys man i've been i've been looking forward to doing this one and um as i said before the pod you know the thunder really are one of my favorite teams to to talk about so i'm i'm looking forward to getting into it with y'all absolutely man well hey we're excited to have you on you know i had to throw in as many usher references as i possibly could in the <laughs> intro hope you caught on to them listeners i hope you also caught on to them but um before we get into the thunder and you know the reason we're here you know we, whenever we have a new guest we kind of like to you know dive into the background a little bit just so we can kind of get to know you know who the listeners are you know getting to listen to so uh first and foremost man like you know let's let's take it all the way back how did you first come into the game of basketball and uh who was your favorite team oh man well I mean, I got into basketball by playing basketball. Yeah. Like when I was a young kid, I mean, there was nothing more um, that I loved than playing basketball. So that was really it. Like I always say, like if I never played, I don't know that I would love it as much as I do now. I don't really play anymore. 
Um, but, uh, but I think that was, that's kind of what got me into it. And, and then I came to sort of appreciate, you know, the things you appreciate when you're not playing the game, when you're just kind of watching it and talking about it and, and observing it. Um, but yeah, just that, that, I mean, that's pretty much how I got into it. Like, you know, I was like a nineties kid. Uh, so a lot of those teams back then, whether it was like the, the Charlotte Hornets or like the Sonics, or of course, like the, you know, Jordan's bulls, um, those, with, those with were the kind starter of jackets. Yeah, like the, uh, yeah, the slam era, the starter jacket era. That's when I was like a, a kid just kind of getting into it. Uh, so so all that stuff was um, was really influential. But uh, but yeah, I just love playing the game. And and look, as far as my favorite team, like I really don't have one. Like I I, mm. um, I, I enjoy every team. I enjoy following every team, watching every team. There's certainly a handful of teams that I pay closer attention to. And I would say the Thunder are for sure one of them. Um, the Blazers are another one. Uh, Celtics, uh, you know, and then there's just like every season, there's kind of like a, like a wild card team that I just mm -hmm. like, like, like I jumped on the Kings bandwagon last season a little bit. And there's a couple contenders this season. We'll see where that goes, but the Thunder are for sure. Like one of the teams I, um, I enjoy watching it and talking about the most. They've just been so fascinating uh, the last few years. So they're they're up there um, for for sure. That's what's up. We'll accept you as a pseudo Thunder fan. <laughs> Appreciate so, it. So so there's you know there's living basketball and then there's covering basketball. So so what made you get into basketball coverage um, like you are? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a good question. I uh. I would say around the time my, my son was born, like uh, five, I guess going on six years ago now, I started writing about basketball just like for fun. Um, I'd always love to write. I'd always love basketball. And I just figured, why not combine the two? Um, so I started doing that like on Facebook with this page I created. Uh, that got pretty big. And then um, I started a group with my friend that I do the podcast with on Facebook as well, did some writing through there and just kind of taught myself. I knew how to write, but not so much about basketball, but uh, I spent pretty much like a couple of years just kind of teaching myself how to write about the game. And then uh, I think it would have been uh, summer 2021. I finally got on Twitter. Um, some of my friends just talked me into it. They're like, dude, you got to get on Twitter, this and that. And, and I finally did. And then that's when I, I wouldn't even say that I cover basketball, but like you, you guys would know me through Twitter. And, um, and that's kind of when I started like um, really just talking about it. it, just in general, just like all the teams and the players and everything. So, and that's just been like the last couple years. So Twitter's been cool. Like it trips me out. Like I, I've seen all these like RIP Twitter things because they changed the name where it's like 2006 to 2023. I'm like, I can't believe this, <laughs> this thing was around in 2006. Like it took, me, it took me 15 years to even know what it was, um, but it's been, it's been cool. And so that's been like a, a big thing for me, just giving me sort of like a, a platform, like a medium to, you know, quote unquote, like cover the league. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've always, I've always said like, Twitter is real cool because you eventually find your tribe on on Twitter. And then once you find your tribe, you're hooked. You know, that's kind of what happened to to all of us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's been great just like some of the connections I've made on there like people I never ever otherwise would have connected with, had some cool opportunities like even just coming on this podcast like this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't 
for Twitter. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. linked up with you guys. So things like that. It's it's been dope. And I'm like, man, I probably should have got on it a couple years earlier. <laughs> but but I mean, you know, I, mean, I guess that was just my my path. But uh, but that's just kind of where I'm at. You know, I'm, it's not it's more of a hobby than anything at this point for me. But um, but I do love just talking about the league. I've been obsessed with basketball since I was a kid. So it's just nothing's changed. Yeah. Uh, talking about OKC, you know, you, you mentioned how they're one of your your favorites. Uh, kind of this whole process that we're going through right now. It's like the first time we've done a rebuild since, you know, coming to Oklahoma City. And when Presti first threw away Paul George, like kicking off that rebuild, it's like, oh, snap, like the Thunder going to blow this thing up. Did you think it was going to work? Like, what was your opinion on that move when it happened? You know, that offseason and has that changed since then? Yeah, um, I mean, I'll say, like, at the time, I for sure felt like OKC won the trade. When you looked at the whatever it was, like, obviously, SGA and Gallo, and then the five first-round picks plus a couple swaps, like, whatever mm-hmm. that crazy package was. Like, just looking at that, I'm like, yeah, they they won that trade, and, and that's, like, um, they're setting themselves up. So, like, I was optimistic about the rebuild. But, look, man, like, I liked – SGA as a rookie like I watched a lot of that Clippers team that was a really fun team I remember them in the playoffs against Golden State he had like 25 one game I think they might have lost but like you know you could see he was really good um so I so I love that that OKC got him but I'll be honest I did not know he was gonna be this good and I don't know if anybody did like if you had told me in a few years this kid's gonna be first team all NBA averaging 30 plus like I don't know if I would have believed it as as much as I liked him as a rookie so that's kind of what's changed like I I liked the deal I liked the direction they were going um but like I couldn't have seen Shea getting quite to this level so that just that's where it's changed for me where it's like yeah that it's obviously you look at it now it's just a resounding uh win for the Thunder and um as so many things have been but yeah that was a that was a pretty killer deal uh looking back on it now with what we know about Shea like he's a better NBA player than Paul George like already probably and no disrespect to Paul George he's he's great but like nobody's gonna take Paul George over Shea at this point not to mention all the other stuff yeah it's it's the Shea Gilgis Alexander trade right and at the time like I remember being like wow, they got Gallinari. Like, I was almost, like, as excited <laughs> about that in, in the picks. And, like, Shea, yeah, it's a really nice young player. But, like, I, I, pr- I didn't think of him as, like, a future superstar mm-hmm. um, by any means. So that that was just, like, icing on the cake. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, hell, hell whenever, whenever we did the trade and we got Ga- uh, Gallo, I was like, yes, Westbrook finally has a shooter on the team. And then, <laughs> he was jettisoned, so. Yeah. Yeah, kind of focusing in on like the the current iteration of Thunder. So like, you know, that was like the signal in the rebuild. And, you know, it, it was actually a little bit of a tease because we, you know, we ended up making the playoffs that next season anyways. But, um, you know, once Chris Paul was traded away, it was Shagel to Alexander's team. Bill Donovan left. Uh, we brought in a new coach. I just want to ask you, you know, as an NBA generalist, a lot of people don't know this guy's name. A lot of people can't say his name right. What is the Oklahoma City Thunder's head coach's name? <laughs> That's the obligatory question, huh? It's <laughs> it's Mark Dagnall, and uh, and he's well, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's he's from Levenster, Massachusetts, which is not too far from where I grew up. Um, so yeah, I, I love him, man. He's he's awesome. He's I love it. So what so what you're saying is Sam Presti's gonna eventually hire you one day, <laughs> and he seems to hire everybody that that either went to the school that he went to or grew up in that Massachusetts area. 
Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. He does, but uh yeah, it's it's usually a pretty safe bet, uh, in my experience. <laughs> but no, I, I love I love Coach Dagnall, man. He's um he's outstanding. He's uh he's the guy. He's the guy. Like I hope he's there for the next, you know, 20 years. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just that should just be the guy, like the Popovich of the Thunder. <laughs> that's that's what I want to see. Um, yeah, I know like, it's only you, been a couple. We just gave him as the extension, um, you know, like uh, what was like two, three weeks ago or something like that. Um, and you know, still a lot of people are just like really confused about like who he is, like what he's done. Like, obviously, you you speak really highly of him, and like a lot of people around the league really like him. Like, how would you like? Where would you place him in terms of like the league's coaches? Yeah, I mean, look, I always have a hard time. Um, judging coaches, evaluating coaches. Like, you know, I just don't know enough about coaching, honestly, Mm -hmm. to speak in a qualified manner on coaches. But like, you know, the basic things, like he gets the most out of his players. You know what I mean? I think he, I think he gets a lot out of all his guys. Um, He gets them to buy in. They defend. Um, I think they, I'd say they overachieved uh, defensively last season. They're just a team that you don't, really want to play like you certainly don't enjoy playing them um they can be anybody they're scrappy and i think a lot of that is just a reflection of of coach dagnall but like uh but yeah beyond that you know as far as like the x's and o's stuff like you know i mean he, he certainly seems like he's doing a good job um and uh and he's young you know i think when he was hired he was either the youngest or the second youngest head coach in the league so i just i always like that with a young team that's growing where you have a coach that can kind of grow with that team Mm -hmm. um because you know i don't think that gets talked about enough with coaches like we talk so much about uh the upside and the potential of players but i think you you have that with coaches too and i think he might be a guy that had a ton of upside in addition to just being a really good coach right off the bat and um so you you know you could fast forward like 10 years down the road and he he could be like the clear-cut best coach in the league like i think he has that kind of upside as a coach so I just think he he kind of fits their timeline in a sense. Uh, I think he's a good coach for development. Uh, we know he likes to play around with lineups, kind of mm-hmm. see what works. It's a little bit unorthodox in that sense, uh, but it seems to be working. And uh, and I think that's kind of been the right approach with this team, at least up until this point, um, where they kind of overachieved last season, I think, in the minds of a lot of people. But it's going to be interesting now where it's like, okay, like we've set this bar of like 40 wins to play in, whatever, like – now we see ourselves as a playoff team and to see how he handles, um, you know, uh, guiding that next step is going to be fascinating. But I have all the faith in the world in that guy at this point. So you basically so what you basically said is that, you know, the team has overachieved probably up to this point. Um, but this season. Probably a season of a, of a lot more expectations, a lot more. Mm-hmm you know, promises, hoping that, you know, we cash in on some of those promises of these, of these young players. So what are your expectations of OKC going into this season? Going into this season? Yeah. I mean, like, I think, I think playoffs for sure, just kind of like a broad expectation. Um, And it's interesting. When you say playoffs, are you saying like top six don't have to be in the play tournament or are you saying, okay. I think I would say top six would be, like if I had to put money on it, you know, I don't know, five, six, I think they, I think they, they're going to be above the plan. I really do. Uh, mm-hmm. When you look at how good they were last year, you know, 40 wins when like 
nobody really expected them to win. Like, I don't know that they were doing everything they could at all times to win again, like with just the way the lineups were being shuffled around and stuff, a lot of the experimentation that was going on and they still were that good. Uh, And now you've got pretty much all those young guys are going to get better. You know, when you look at Giddy's not even 21 yet, I don't think J dub um, SGA just turned 25. Like they're all super young. They're all going to get better. Dort's a lot younger than most people probably think. And then, uh, and then you, you know, you bring Chet into the mix, um, who's, who I think fills their biggest voids in, in a sense, in terms of rim protection, uh, and being able to space the floor. I think if I looked at last year's team, I'd be like, yeah, they need more spacing and they need more rim protection. Chet's going to space the floor from the five spot. He's going to protect the rim at a very high level. I think he's one of the best rim protecting prospects I've ever seen, like if not the best in the time I've been watching basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Just his his timing, his instincts, his discipline, his technique. I mean, he, he's an unbelievable rim protector. You guys obviously know that. Um, so I, I think they're going to be significantly better than they were last season. And, you know, I'm not saying they're going to win 50 games, but – 46 47 wins really wouldn't surprise me and there was a you know there was a question on twitter somebody asked about like you know what team's gonna exceed expectations next season everybody was picking the thunder and i'm like i don't know would anybody who pays attention to the thunder really be surprised if they won like 46 games next season because i sure wouldn't Mm -hmm. and not to like try to put the expectations too high on them but that's probably about where i'd have them it's like a six seven win improvement over uh over last season i think i think they're gonna be legitimately good and and a tough a tough out in the playoffs yeah i mean you talk about like you said chet being pretty much a perfect fit for what we need the the defense was 13th in the league above league average without chet who like you said is one of the better rim protecting prospects that i can think of he comes and he gives us a legit seven footer that can protect the rim mark has shown an ability to get guys to buy in on the defensive end shea showed improvement Dort shown ability to defend at a high level. Really, everybody, I mean, J Dub showed a lot of defensive promise in his rookie season. So you think about all that, you know, Kemrich Williams coming back, who wasn't there at the end of the season. And I feel pretty confident we can be a top 10 defense this upcoming season, if not like top eight, top seven, depending on how Chet looks out there. Um, if the offense kind of comes around, I wouldn't be surprised if we're top 10 or borderline top 10 in both categories. I think we we're 15th in offense this past year or so. Like, yeah, I mean, it's nice to hear from other people as well. And there's been a lot of people I've talked to who have said kind of similar things to what you're saying, where it's like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if OKC is a playoff team, not even a playing team, like 45, 46, 47 wins. Uh, some of my friends I've talked to have mentioned 50. It's just crazy how like last year when Czech got injured, it was like, OK, well, we'll see how the season goes. And then we were a game away from making the playoffs, losing to Minnesota in the playing tournament. And now here we are, like a lot of people saying that we might not even need that to get in this season. It's just crazy how rapid the progression has been for us this past season. And I do want to ask you what, like going into the season when Chet got hurt, what were your expectations for like the team coming into the season? Well, first of all, the Chet injury was like one of the all time bummers for me, for me personally, just because like, I, I, you know, I, I like the Thunder a lot, but Chet, like he's fascinated me for so long. Um, where I was just so excited to see him. And then especially after seeing him in summer league and then he, he looked great in the pro-ams. And then of course he got, he got hurt in one. And that was just such a, that was such a, a bomber, man. It really was. But like, even with that, I think my expectations for the Thunder were a lot higher than those of most people. Like I remember seeing them um, projected to win like 
I forget what it was, but like 23, 24, maybe 25 games. There were some articles that were saying like 18 or something like that. Some people said they're going to be the worst in the league. Oh, yeah, that's all I didn't see that. (laughs) And like, I I forget, we recorded a podcast about this on my my, uh, pod where like we were, you know, we were um, just predicting win totals. I want to say I had them at like 35 to 37, somewhere in there. Like, I thought they were going to clearly, you know, exceed the, the general expectations, but. I didn't quite see 40 coming. Um, so I, I want to say I, I probably would have said like 35 to 37, which is higher than probably, you know, 90% of people, oh, especially yeah. after the Chet injury. So, and I remember say, I, I thought they could flirt with being a top 10 defense last year. Like you said, they ended up being about 13th, which is pretty impressive. Like you said, without a true rim protector, um, any, any real rim protector at all on the team uh, and just being as young as they are, like you, you know, those teams usually aren't that good defensively, but I, so I, they were probably right around where I expected them to be defensively, but a little bit better offensively. Um, you said they were like 15th, 14th, 15th, somewhere in there. I think, I think we we're 15th. I think that was our rank. Yeah. I probably see, I probably would have guessed like 20th before the season, like they're scoring really. So the year before they were 30th in the league and scoring points per game. And then last season they were fifth. So like just that jump in, Mm-hmm. scoring is is crazy um so they were they were a better offense than i uh than i expected sga was even better than i could have imagined um mm-hmm. j dub obviously i think exceeded most people's expectations giddy took a a pretty big leap as a scorer so yeah uh i was high on them but not but they but they still exceeded my expectations which is saying a lot yeah, yeah. i mean even predicting like high 30s or saying that being a possibility like you said i mean again like I felt like I was going crazy seeing articles that were like, oh, 18 wins, 22 wins, and being like the worst team in the Western Conference. Like just having Shea on the roster, like the better, the, one of the best players amongst the teams that were like rebuilding at that point. I feel like that was enough for us to, like at the very worst, get like 12th or 13th in the West. So uh, I appreciate you kind of giving us a little bit of confidence when a lot of the writers weren't. Yeah, for sure. I want to say, like, I might have said 37 before the Chet injury. And then after that, I might have dropped it into like the low 30s. But I remember that's fair. I remember definitely thinking like that those low 20s projections were insane. Cause like, yeah. you know, we all saw them the year before, like when they were healthy, when Shea was playing, before they went into tank mode, like we saw how tough they were. And 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 again, when you're dealing with a young team that's well coached, that plays well together, that all buys in, those guys are just only going to get better and the chemistry is only going to get stronger. So um, but yeah, it's, it's keep going on that, that trajectory for sure. I think. Yeah. And, you know, talking about that trajectory, like, you know, this was kind of the first step, um, to trending away from the tanking and trending more towards, you know, reaching, uh, more of a competing level, uh, going to the playing game this year. So obviously the Pelicans game was like a lot of fun. You know, we yeah. was able to move past that. Like that, that was a wild performance. Giddy putting up 31, 10 and nine, Shea putting up, I think, like 27 or something like that, and like most of it being in the second half. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it was a great team performance. Um, but, and then in the Timberwolves game, things did not go so much our way. And, you know, a lot of people have different opinions why. But I want to ask you, what do you think was the main reasoning for us falling short in that playing game? I think, I think y'all got overwhelmed by the size of Minnesota. I think, because if I remember correctly, Towns and Gobert both had big games. And I just remember OKC looking small. Um, I, some of that may have been the, the the environment in Minnesota. Like the, the crowd was pretty crazy. 
Uh, I don't know if there was some fatigue involved. Um, there was certainly just some poor shooting involved on the part of OKC. Mm-hmm. Like, I know they did not shoot the three ball well in that game. Um, but I think above all else, it might have just been their lack of size and, and lack of rim protection going up against those twin towers of Minnesota. Uh, I think Gobert had, I think Cat and Gobert both had at least like 20 plus in that game. So if I had to pinpoint one thing, it, it would probably be that just the, they just looked small. Yeah. So are you of the mindset that the Thunder still need to add this like big man bruiser type? Or do you think that Chet is, um, you know, enough or a, a big enough step in the right direction to uh, kind of alleviate those concerns? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a, a huge step in the right direction. It it couldn't hurt to bring in a bruiser type. Like I know people have mentioned Steven Adams as like, could there be a reunion at some point? Like it's mm-hmm. just like a, a pipe dream. That would be. Uh, amazing, but I think just just having considering how good they were as a defense last year without a rim protector, a, a healthy Chet, I think is just going to go a long way toward um, toward sort of rectifying that. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it would be greedy to ask for too much more because I think Chet could be like a generational rim protector almost. I mean, I'm very very high on on what he can do in terms of uh, deterring and blocking shots at the rim. He's I think he's going to be a monster. Um, so yeah, like, and it's funny. Cause like, I mean, they would have had him last year, you know, and, mm-hmm. but, but he got hurt and, and, and now they get him. And, and I'll say this, like, I think he's going to be better than he would have been last year. Uh, part yeah. of it is, is certainly just the, just being in the NBA environment, just being part of the team for this past year. And then also obviously, um, the added strength and weight, which like people joke about, but like, you know, I was at summer league the last two years, I was sitting in almost the exact same seats. And I saw Chet play both years and like, just, I, I could see the difference. Like he really has put on muscle. He, his body looks different. Yeah. He's still skinny, but like, there's no doubt, like he's changed his body. Um, So I think that's going to benefit him a lot. Like, you know, you don't want to see him bulk up to like 240 or something, but I think just that little bit of added functional strength um, and muscle that he's put on is going to, is going to go a long way. So I think he's going to be better next year than he, he would have been last year not to call the injury a blessing in disguise or whatever, but yeah. like, that's kind of the silver lining is like, we're going to get like a, you, you, we've seen this with like, whether it was Blake Griffin or Ben Simmons or these guys that missed mm-hmm. their first year and then they come on real strong in their, you know, what is technically their rookie year. And I think we're going to see that with Chet. Let me, yeah. let me ask you this kind of, kind of piggybacking off of what, you know, the original question was as far as combating a team that has two, two bigs on the floor at, at most times. Um, so you were at Summer League. How did you notice um, the chemistry and the, the gameplay on the floor of a lineup with Chet and Jay Will on the floor at the same time? With Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's – it's I like it better with Chet just out there. I don't know. Like, I probably – I didn't see enough of it to really comment on it. Um, it looked good, but I thought uh, – I thought Chet looked a little bit better when it was just when he was kind of out there by himself. Yeah, Yeah. just as the five, exactly. Um, I'd probably lean toward that, but that it was such a small sample and it was summer league. Like it's hard to comment based on that. But I think more like I I, like I like you know, Jay Will's not gonna start right. Like we we kind of know what the starting lineup is gonna be, and I think that's pretty solid. And and look, man, it could obviously change based on a matchup. Like maybe we could see that too big lineup 
Mm-hmm. But uh, but I kind of like the look of you know of Chet out there with with Dub at the four and and Dort, Giddy, and and Shea. Like I think that I think that makes sense, and I think that's where um, you know yeah, like maybe some bigger teams could take advantage of their kind of relative lack of size. But I, I also think OKC could punish them um, just with their spacing and their ability to get out and run, and just the fact that everybody on the floor can handle the ball and create like they're, they're going to cause a lot of problems for other teams. I think with that lineup. And I think that could outweigh um, the negatives that they might, uh, that, that, that those lineups might present against a team like Minnesota, where it's like, yeah, let, let, you know, if Rudy Gobert wants to try to go off, like whatever, but like, I think they're going to, they're going to cook teams in, in their own way. Yeah. Well, he, that was a test shooting, and you passed. He's shooting, <laughs> he's shooting threes now for France. Oh, come on, man. I don't, I don't ever want to see that again. We feel like we've seen that the last few off seasons. Like, who's anyone else? Steven Adams. That was ugly, too. Oh, yeah. Terrible. I heard people on Twitter trying to be like, you know, it doesn't look that bad. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, come on. Like, he's not. That's like, uh, it's like that. They're trying to gas it up meme. He's got the gas can and a bicycle and he's trying to gas it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep shoot, keep shooting those, Rudy. Like we'll give you those all. Absolutely. Day. Yeah, take take yeah. as many as you want, as much space as you want. <laughs> hey, so so in terms of in in terms of our starting five, uh, so you know J Dub, Chet, SGA, Giddy, Dort. Um, how would you rank that core with like, let's say, the other young teams in the league, and let's just say in the, the league in general, just you know looking at teams that started their rebuild around the same time as Oklahoma city did Detroit, Orlando, Houston, you know, comparing it to those. And then, you know, comparing it to, to the upper echelon of the, of the league, which hopefully the thunder will be battling here for the next couple of years. Does Shea count as part of the young core at 25? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. If we're, if we're counting Shea, I'm probably putting them number one. I think. Yeah. You take you take SGA out of it, like if you're just doing like some 23 and under. That's where it might get interesting. With you know, you could look at Houston or Orlando or Detroit. Uh, Indiana is one that I think is kind of slept on a little bit, but like, uh, but yeah, if you're including SGA because he's he's a super, he's first team All NBA, like 31 points a game. Hell yeah! In, yeah. in his age 24 <laughs> season, like it's he almost like still feels underrated and he did it on 63% true shooting. Like he's super efficient, obviously gets the line. Like he's pretty much as good as it gets. So that's huge. And then, yeah, you, you factor in like J dub, who was pretty clearly the second best, if not the best rookie last year. I know some, I, I was fine with Paolo winning rookie of the year, but like second best rookie, we could say um, safely. And then, and then Chet and, and, and Giddy at age 20, averaging what 16 eight and six or whatever last season like as a 20 he's not 21 yet so i don't know man i'm, I'm putting them number one i really i would say and i would say that on any podcast not just because this is a thunder podcast they passed another test <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're two for two that's the only answer though man for real like <laughs> we're moving past the pseudo thunder fan you're just gonna be a thunder fan <laughs> I'm, I'm in man <laughs> we're gonna send you a t-shirt <laughs> absolutely let's do it (laughs) um i'll go ahead and ask you this uh because kind of wanted to ask you this next question so i'll ask this one here you know kind of talking about shay and you know talking about the leap that he made last year um obviously different supporting cast this year um do you see him as you know this past year was his ceiling as a scorer or 
do you or you know do you think having that supporting cast will make it easier for him to score or do you think he takes a little bit more of a back seat and you know kind of lets the other guys you know take a little bit more of a scoring load yeah that's a, it's a good question i mean if we're talking just purely in terms of points per game like um a little bit of regression which probably isn't even the right word but like a, a decrease like if he would average 28 next year like that almost feels more realistic than 31 again Mm-hmm. Um, I think his efficiency could go up, which is crazy to think about because, again, I think he was at like 63% true shooting last season. But, like, he's a guy that's going to benefit tremendously from additional space. I think that's what Chet's going to provide uh, from the five spot. If, if Giddy continues to be, you know, improve a little bit as a shooter. I've, I've always said I think J-Dub is a much better shooter than his rookie season percentages would indicate, like from three. Like mm-hmm. I could see that guy becoming a 40% three-point shooter within a couple years. Um, so I think that just kind of they're going to have more spacing next year, and I think that's going to benefit Shea a lot. But just in terms of his like straight-up points per game, I don't know because you got to think – you got to think Dub averages a couple more – well, he was at about 14, I think, last year as a rookie. You got to think he's like a 16-point-a-game scorer next year. Giddy jumped from like 12 to 16 last year. He could go up to maybe 17, like take a little leap. Then you got Chet coming in who's probably 14 points per game, somewhere in there, 15. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say, but like he's going to get his, whereas like the centers last year were like, um, you know, Jay Will and like JRE or whatever, guys that average like six points a game. So – just in terms of points per game, I don't know. Like, you know, there's, I, I would, I would cap his ceiling at like what he did last year. I don't think he's mm-hmm. going to average, average more than 31. That's for sure. So, like, in that sense, maybe he hit his ceiling. Like, that could very well be the most he averages in his career, at least like with this group, assuming they keep, you know, growing together. Um, but I think he could get even more efficient if he, it's going to be interesting to see how many threes he takes next year because I think he took, a lot fewer last year than he did the year before. Yeah. Um, I think that's really, going up. <laughs> yeah. I, I could see that going up too. And we'll see, you know, maybe he increases his volume and his percentage from three while still doing all the great, um, you know, penetrating stuff and, and getting to the line and everything. So mm-hmm. like if he was at like 65% true shooting next year, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, maybe like 28 points per game. Um, still going to be in the all, probably all, all NBA conversation for sure. First team is so tough, but like, I, I don't know. I don't, He's only he just turned 25. So, I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's going to get better, too, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah, it's hard to put a cap on a guy, like, you know, that young, you know, even though he's already shown so much, like he, there's still areas of his game that he can improve in and become even better. So, yeah, yeah for sure. It'll be fun to watch. It's yeah. going to be interesting, too, with the uh, the posi- positionless All-NBA teams also playing a factor mm. in that because now he's not only competing against the great guards in the league, but it's – everybody so it'll it'll be more difficult but it's okay when he wins mvp he'll be first team it'll be fine yeah i'm gonna tell you man i like i like him as a sleeper pick i I like i like as a sleeper pick like if i had to pick one guy that nobody's really talking about because because look again how would we really be surprised if they win 48 games i I wouldn't be surprised i'm not saying they will but i wouldn't be surprised and would, Mm -hmm. would would i be surprised if shea averages 30 on that team no i would not if shea averages 30 on a 48 win team like he's right there so as i wouldn't i don't think he's a favorite to win it but as a sleeper it's weird to even call him a sleeper because he's so good but like Mm -hmm. as a guy that most people are probably picking like sixth or seventh or something in there like i don't know i i like him i don't know i don't really gamble i haven't seen the odds but that might be Mm -hmm. a, a fun bet i don't know 
Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's pretty clear that we know Shea is going to be the best player on the team this season. But there's been a lot of talk amongst Thunder fans about like who the second best player on the team is going to be this upcoming season. Mostly fa- focus around like Chet, Jada, or Josh Giddy. I was curious just if you had to pick somebody to project to be our second best player this season, who would you take? I'm going to go with Chet. And and that's like um, – look, that's and that's the total – that's factoring in defense, obviously. Yeah, for sure going to be a, a, a massively impactful defense, like an all defensive caliber defender. Like that's what I'm expecting uh, from Chet. Like, you know, offensively, I mean, probably giddy. Whereas like J dubs kind of a little bit of both, but like just overall, I don't know, man, I, I'm very, very high on Chet. I think he's going to be extremely efficient. Um, he has been at every level he's played at. Like, I think he's a guy that, Maybe he's got to get his free throw percentage up, but like down the road could even flirt with like 50, 40, 90, 50, 40. Like he, I think before long, like 50, 40, 80 could really be in the cards uh, for Chet. And then, you know, that plus being a super impactful uh, defensive player. Like I, I think overall, I'm going to go with Chet as being their second best player next year, which is crazy to say when you already have these established guys like J-Dub and Giddy that were just outstanding last season. But that's just kind of how high I am on Chet. Not that he'll be that much better than those guys. Like it's going to be, you know, more like 2A, 2B, 2C probably with them. But I'll go Chet. Yeah. I mean, I think that speaks to, like you said, the impactfulness of him on this team, the difference that he's going to make. Yeah. If we're just talking straight in terms of impact, Chet probably will be – if I had to pick someone, I think I'm also going with Chet. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Thunder fans I've talked to, they've said Jada because like so many people are high on him. Um, you know, there's Giddy, of course, with the offensive production. Like you said, it's like Giddy for offense, Jada for a mix of both, and Chet for that defense. So it's hard to pick someone particularly. But yeah, I think I agree. Like in terms of like maybe our second most important player with what he's going to do defensively, Chet's probably my guy too. Hey, let's put your feet to the fire real quick, though. Who's the third best player? <laughs> oh man. Um I I gotta go. I gotta go, Giddy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just think he had such a great year last year, and then that Pelicans game, like that's still kind of fresh <laughs> on my mind. Um, but I just think uh, I, I would. I would say he's. I mean, easily a top ten passer in the league, if not top five. And, and that's saying a lot. There's a lot of great passers in the league, and that plus the the offensive leap that he took last year, just like he's, yeah, he's still not like a super efficient scorer, but compared to his rookie year, I mean, he took a big jump in, in, in field goal percentage, you know, twos, threes, Mm -hmm. free throws, like pretty much across the board. It it took a big jump in terms of efficiency. And then just the, the points per game, you know, like four plus points per game. That's a pretty big leap. And just watching him, you know, the eye test, like he found, new ways to score like he got better at recognizing driving lanes like his floater got better like his his jumper like I think Chip England really did benefit him uh tremendously and is going to continue to do so so I go Chip but like man I love J-Dub like I'm not trying to or I, I should say I, I go giddy on the third best player but mm-hmm. nothing against J-Dub man like I'm I feel like I'm as high as almost anybody on, on that kid too it's just like that's how loaded they are with young talent like if if we're ranking Jalen Williams, like fourth on this, like, you know, young player. It's a problem to have. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy. That just speaks to how, how, you know, promising they are and how, how loaded they are with these young guys. Yeah. It's a nice problem to have when you're like, oh, who's going to be our second or third best player behind an all NBA guard? Like, it's, it's very nice that we can have these conversations because there's, 
just so much potential with them. And it's cool that like that we're able to look forward and be like, we can see such a big jump from Giddy or Dove and Chet could be so good in his first season, you know, should have been second season that he can take a spot from those other two talented guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's almost unbelievable. Like, and it's like the whole league, you know, it, it, it almost applies to the whole league. Like you could look at any of these um, young teams, whether it is Houston or Orlando or Detroit or Indiana, and they, they're all loaded. You know, mm-hmm. I just think OKC is kind of at the top of that, but it, it applies like, you know, to a slightly lesser degree with these these other teams, too, where it's like, you know, you rank the young players on any of those teams I mentioned. And it's kind of the same thing. Like, damn, like and that's just it's such a fun time to be an NBA fan where like you just have so much talent that's come into the league in the last few years. It's, it's awesome. So so speaking about loaded teams, um, so we have a couple of first year players um, joining the team. This year, um, Kaysen Wallace, Keontae George, uh, Vistelay, Johnson. I mean, Keontae Johnson. Ah, I did that. Um, (laughs) That one's tough. That one gets me sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Meechich, and then hell, I'm gonna go ahead and include Chet on there because he's Mm -hmm. technically a first year player. Um, so what type of impact do you see the first year guys having on the team this year? Yeah, I mean, you know, we kind of talked about Chet, like, I think that that's gonna be massive. I think he's just like tailor made for you know again like if you look at last year's team and it's like okay we could add like one player like describe him and it's like it would pretty much be chet mm-hmm. um so that that for sure is is going to be profound um i think Kaysen's going to be a part of the rotation like firmly part of the rotation um going to be recognized as a as a really good player um you know he's going to be like a role player you know his rookie year um and I think we're going to see some some upside beyond that. But I think he's going to be a guy that we look at as part of the core going forward. So I think he's going to have a, a – I think he's going to be an overall positive, which, you know, like that's not a given with a rookie. Like there's been some really interesting or like really talented or really good rookies that aren't actually positives when you look at it. I think he's going to be a positive. That's how I'll, I'll put it with him. Uh, Mitzich I'm fascinated by. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's obviously kind of the the wild card, like the the one nobody's outside of OKC at least is really talking about. But like, you know, obviously was a Euroleague MVP. Like if you look at some of the other guys that have been Euroleague MVPs, like there's some there's some names there. Um, he and he led the Euroleague in scoring a couple years ago, which is pretty interesting because I feel like he's kind of known more as a playmaker. Um, but he's obviously a, a high level shot creator too. He can shoot the ball. Um, I don't know if he's like an elite shooter, but he's a good shooter. Uh, So he's another guy that fits right in with what they're doing. I just, uh, the pick and roll, I think is his real forte. From what I've seen, he's kind of just a master in the pick and roll, which I think is going to be great for Chet. Um, So I think he's going to be a big part of things. It kind of feels like they've got a lot of, well, they do. They have a lot of guards and they've got a lot of ball handlers and a lot of creators. And again, it's like, maybe it's too many cooks in the kitchen, but I think it's a good problem to have as are so many things with this team, but that's going to be interesting to see where he fits in. I think he's going to have a, a big impact too. Like, I don't know. I think when you look at Chet, Kaysen and Mitzich, it's like, you know, again, you took, you take a good team and you're adding a lot, um, mm-hmm. you know, th- this season. So I'm very excited about him. I'm not familiar enough with his game to say, Hey, he's going to be like a 28 minute, 30 minute guy, or he's going to be like a, 
12 to 14 minute guy. I don't know exactly how he's going to project into the NBA, but we'll know um, before long. I'm, I'm certainly fascinated. And then Keontae Johnson is that guy rules, man. Um, I loved what I saw from him in summer league. He's on a two way, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be, yeah. you know, the blue a lot. Um, I think he'll get a, an opportunity at some point during the season, but I'm not expecting too much from him, but it's just cool that he's in the league and he's made it this far. Um, considering what he went through, yeah. you know, which was, you know, it was pretty crazy because, you know, when he collapsed on the court, Trey Mann was there. Like they were teammates at Florida when that happened. And then seeing them together in summer league in Vegas was cool because it was the first time they had been on the court together since then. So just seeing uh, Keontae at the NBA level is great, man, because his his future, let alone his basketball future, was very much in jeopardy a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, we're, we're very excited. Like, you know, those four players, obviously, that were added to the team this year. Uh, Kendrick Williams, who went out, like, halfway through the year. Like, he's going to be a huge addition. Uh, but somebody we haven't really talked about on this team yet, and he's kind of the backbone of our defense, Lou Dort. And I just want to ask you, you know, just, like, strictly defensively, like, at this point, do you think Lou Dort is underrated, overrated, or properly rated defensively? Just by, like, the uh... – NBA community in general, mm-hmm. Def- strictly defensively. Strictly defense. I would say underrated. Let's go. If oh, we're just if we're just talking defense now, t- test could, number three passed. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's underrated. Look, he hasn't made it all defense yet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's certainly he's that caliber of defender. He's just had so many um, just big individual defensive possessions, like big stops, big plays, and critical moments, like against really high level offensive players like over the years where it's like I don't think people quite that don't watch a lot of Thunder games quite know like he's known as a a really good defender Mm -hmm. um but man no he's special I now if we're talking about his overall game like I don't know maybe he's a little overrated but like (laughs) we're just if we're just talking because like offensively like we know it can be an adventure with Lou but Mm -hmm. but man defensively I would I would lean underrated on that he's a monster uh, defensively out there on the perimeter. There aren't there aren't too many perimeter defenders. I he's on a very short list. Like, you know, top, I don't know, five, six in the league probably. And I don't think most people would give him that level of recognition. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I mean, you know, on top of just like his perimeter defense, like um getting extra possessions for his team. Like he led the league in uh, offensive fouls charged. Yeah. Um so I know that that's that's an awesome facet. And yeah, offensively, like you know, obviously his uh his numbers around the rim are abysmal. Um, he's a streaky shooter at best, but I think that you know, especially bringing in Chet, uh, Shea taking another leap, and then Josh Gideon, uh, Jalen Williams having a little bit more responsibility, having more guys handling the ball like Misich and uh, Casey Wallace, and you know, maybe even Usman Jang off the bench. Like, yeah, that's I, my guy. Love yeah. him. Oh, yep. oh, we'll talk about him. We'll talk about him. <laughs> um, but you know, like uh, you know, you know. It's, it's, more more people to kind of take this scoring load away. I think that we can, you know, kind of limit Lou's shot tree. Like I would love to just like Lou like transition and corners. Like that is your game offensively. Otherwise, just like lock in on defense and you know just hustle the heck out of the basketball. And like that that's the ideal role for Lou Dort. Yeah, they 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 certainly don't need him to score at this point with everybody mm-hmm. that they've got. It's just a matter of like, is he gonna want to, you know, because he's. What is he? I mean, I don't know. His, his, I think his scoring was down a little bit last year, obviously, the efficiency, but wasn't he at like 18, 19 points a game a couple years ago? Like somewhere yeah. in there. Like, yeah, he's, so he's got he's had a taste of that. 
Um, but yeah, I don't think that's what's best for the team at this point. So I'm with you, man. I just, I, I hope he just kind of accepts that. So I'm trying to think of like a player to compare it to like a guy that just like an Isaac Okoro almost like that just doesn't take a lot of shots. It's just in there to play lockdown defense. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, yeah, I, I'm probably not as high on Dort overall as a lot of people, but defensively he's a monster. I just feel like he's kind of a liability on offense, but. Um, but yeah, if he, if his shot diet improves and he isn't taking as many shots and is just kind of just playing within the flow of things, moving the ball, taking it when it's there, um, not looking to create necessarily, like, Mm -hmm. I think he'll be just fine and and definitely an overall positive with his defense. Um, you know, speaking of Lou Dort and I, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, offense being a work in progress. I know you alluded to a moment ago, Usman Jang, who, if you give Dylan a chance to, he will talk about him for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> Jang nonstop about ooze. Uh, but I want to ask who your favorite project player currently is on the team. Like some of the more raw guys, for example, Dylan's favorite player, it seems Usman Jang. Yeah, that's tough. I feel like there's two there's two guys here, right? Like if we're talking like when I hear the word project in the context of the Thunder, it's it's Ooze and Poku. Mm-hmm. Um, though they're both they're both projects, both fun mm-hmm. projects, both very interesting projects. Personally, I would lean Ooze. Um, you know, I think he's. I, he man, he's one of those guys. Like when you see him in person, he's so much bigger than you realize. Like his size just pops. And then when you see the way that he moves at that size, it's like he's rare in in that sense. Um, you know, obviously the big knock on him has been that he's kind of shied away from physicality, which is sort of a bummer. Like when you have that great frame and size, but that's something that could come. You know, as he it gets a little more comfortable at the NBA level, but the defense, the upside is there. No doubt. Obviously that's kind of a work in progress too. Like he shows flashes, but it's like, um, but again, like he's what do he maybe just turn 20 somewhere in there? Like he's, he's super young. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I really like with him is his, his jumper. Like I think he's got such a nice smooth shooting stroke where, you know, even if the percentages don't indicate it yet, like I'm a big believer in him as a shooter long-term uh, I think he's got good vision. Like he makes some really nice passes. So he's just like a really smooth player, which I think just always kind of appeals to me. Um, but he's, I mean, he's like a legit 6'10", like if not a little taller. Like if he measured at 6'11", I wouldn't be surprised. Um, he always blows me away when I see him in person. But like, look, Poku, I just want to say like, he people forget how good he was for a stretch last year before he got hurt. Like there was that, Early in the season, probably like October, November, he had like a like a 12 game stretch where he averaged like 12.6 rebounds, two plus blocks and was doing it on like elite efficiency. Pretty small sample size. But man, it was enough for me where I'm like, I want to give this guy another year. It was it was I mean, you you guys obviously remember it, but like just Mm -hmm. I don't the the average basketball fan. It's probably just, you know it never registered, but Poku had a really nice stretch last year and it's enough for me. So I'm still intrigued by him, but if I had to choose between the two who would I consider like the two true projects on the team, I'd, I'd probably lean Usman and that could actually be like a battle, right? Like if we're talking about the thunder rotation, like they're kind of, kind of the same position, kind of the same level. Like it almost feels like one or the other, if we're talking about like the real rotation, like it's hard to imagine them both getting, real rotation minutes like for the whole season 
So that's almost like a little battle now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to like, you know, obviously like Ooze was one of my favorite guys going into the draft. So like, that's like why I, I, I I've been like so enamored with this game and everything. And like people want to beat up on him for, you know, his lack of production last year, but like he went through two injuries uh, as soon as like he started to, you know, catch a rhythm is when he had a second one. And, you know, we didn't really get to see much more out of him. But, like, summer league, like, I was I was doing victory laps because, like, he looked great. Like, and, yeah. you know, you talk about, like, you shying away from physicality a lot and, like, his rookie year, and that's what people were, like, you know, kind of down on him on. And I thought that, you know, he, he he wasn't going out there playing like Jalen Williams or anything like that. But, like, I don't think he was shying away. I think he was being aggressive. And I think that, you know, whenever you see an aggressive Usman Jang, uh, you're starting to see the best version of him. I, th- I think he's just got monster upside. You know, it's like we whether he reaches that or not, or even approaches his ceiling, like we don't know. Like that's up to mm-hmm. him. It really, it's just with like with all these young guys. But if we're just talking about the ceiling, like it's it's probably top five in his draft class. Like if he really reaches his full potential, because he's got a lot of tools, man. There's a lot to like uh, with that kid. And yeah, he was just, he was absolutely outstanding at summer league. I just think people are way too hard on 19 year old rookies these days. Mm -hmm. It's it's just crazy. It's like the way people talk about these kids, they really are kids, 18, 19, 20 years old, first year in the NBA. And people are like bagging on them. It's like, give them a few years, you know, like let them get to be 21, 22 at least. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm buying all the, all the Usman stock for sure. Let's go. Another member of the Jane gang, baby. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I really think like the rise in, we've been seeing a lot more with players where we see guys like, for example, you know, like Shea is like 25. He's an all NBA first team guy. We see, um, you know, players kind of break, break onto the scene immediately as really young players. I think that does cause this phenomenon where if a guy's not really good by like 20, 21 years old, all of a sudden it's like, Oh, he's a bust. You know, last year with Jabari Smith Jr. as a rookie, like he was, he showed a lot of flashes all throughout the season. At the end of the year, he started to put it together and people were super down on him. I've seen people really down on Cade Cunningham after his first season didn't go great and he dealt with the injury. It's, you know, it's the same thing with Ooze. It's been the same thing with a number of different players all across the league. And I feel like it is a phenomenon that is affecting a lot of these young players where it's like, oh, you're not a all-star. You like, you don't show all-star potential your first season, you're a bust kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. You have a guy like Paolo Bancaro that just comes in and it's like 20 point a game score and be yeah, ready. Like, and then, yeah, it's to, to compare these. Cause yeah, they're all on different timelines and, and you know, we've seen it so many times where it just takes a few years with these kids. So um, yeah, I think, and, and we knew, and the thing is like, we knew ooze was a project for sure. coming in. Like he was billed as that. And exactly. a lot, same with a lot of these guys. Absolutely. It's like, but then people like forget that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I just think that's weird. It's like, did you forget how like raw this dude was coming in? Like he was supposed to take a couple of years, um, to, but people just get impatient and and it's funny, yeah. but yeah, I'll be patient had, with that kid. He had the same trajectory in the NBL. Like he struggled at the beginning of the season in the NBL. Then he, you know, he, he looked real good at the end of the season last yep. year. You know, basically last year, you look at last year and it was, he only played 40 games. You know, he didn't even play half a year. And so if you maybe combine last year and then this year, you know, whatever he does this year, that would be the full year. And you can kind of start to make a, an assessment of him. But yeah, man, like you said, it's way too early and he's way too young for people to be, you know, doing their, you know, their, their obituary page on him already. Yeah. It's insane. (laughs) So, you know, talking about all of our young guys and all the guys on our roster, like currently we have, 
you know, 20 guys on our roster. We have guys at the end of the roster like Usman Garuba, uh, Ty Ty Washington. We have a guy named Jack White. Of course, JRE, um, <clears throat> Davis Bertans. And so of those 20 players, who are your picks to not be on the final roster? All right. So it's got it. So it's at 20 now and it's got to get down to 15. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I mean, all due respect, but like, okay, Jack White is not the, the guys that aren't going to be. I, I'll say Jack White for sure. Um, and this is like in in in, in memoriam of top. for every name that you say. <laughs> I'm gonna go Jack White, Ty Ty, <laughs> JRE. That was good, Dylan. I'm impressed. Thanks, man. Um, Depot and Trey Man. I just don't. I like. I like. I like Trey Mann a lot. I think he's got a lot of game. I think he's a really talented offensive player, natural scorer. But I, man, I just adding Wallace and Mitzich when you already have Shea, Giddy, Dort, Dub. Like, where does he fit in on this team? So I don't. I'm not saying they're gonna waive him. And maybe the same with JRE. Like, you know, maybe they trade those guys. But I don't mm-hmm. see them being on the on the team um, at the start of the season, which, you know, it's like, yeah, it, Trey, yeah, I like Trey. I really do. He's such a fun player to watch. He's got one of the nastiest step backs in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, I don't know. I just think he'd be, he'd probably be better off somewhere else. And I just, if you're looking at the Thunder roster, like how does he get minutes over those other guys I mentioned? Like, I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think they would rather have a guy like Garuba who I didn't mention, who I think yeah. would get, the last spot like well i don't i'm not like i don't feel like super strongly about that but if i had to pick this trending that way i would i would i would go with garuba for like essentially the 15th spot um because i think he's like a legitimately elite defender like there's no Mm -hmm. doubt he's he's a he's an unbelievable defensive player uh doesn't offer much on the other end at at this point but i just think his skill set um fits what the thunder need more than someone like Trey Mann or even JRE who like, again, where does he really fit in? Like, I think Jalen Williams, Jay will is clearly more valued mm-hmm. than him. I think he's just better, you know? And then, and again, you added Chet, you add another big, uh, you still have Usman and Poku who are probably just obviously have a lot more upside than someone like JRE. So I think JRE is an NBA player. I think Trey Mann's an NBA player, but I would say, yeah, those two depot, Jack white and, um, uh, whoever the other guy named was. Ty Ty, my bad. Yeah, yeah, Ty Ty. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of names out there. There's yeah. so many guys on the roster. So many, so many. But yeah, those would those would probably be my five. I want to ask you, uh, where do you want to see Trey Man play next? Well, that's a good question. Um, like, who needs that? That's the thing with him. Like, he's so talented. Um, but like that that player mold, just this kind of smallish combo guard great scorer um like where would he really fit in like could he be a fun fit in san antonio i feel like they could probably use another guard another guy that could maybe get buckets in the backcourt mm-hmm. um that would be happy one i think about that's well, the thing so Orlando. many teams, 
Yeah, I feel like they're kind of loaded with guards they got, already. Yeah, they've yeah. got a lot over there. You know, with like Fultz and Cole Anthony and, and Suggs, and um, uh, they drafted Anthony Black. So I don't know, yeah. like, would he – I don't know if he'd get minutes there. Um, and then it's like you look at like the contending teams. I don't know if there'd be – maybe like the Bulls. Maybe the Bulls could use another guard. Just off the top of my head, I'll say like Bulls in San Antonio mm-hmm. maybe. I think there's a place for him somewhere as like, you know, a, a bench scorer. Uh, with maybe the upside for more. I just, I would love to see him just get opportunity to play. And uh, I don't, I just don't think that's going to be there in OKC. I just, I don't see a pathway for it. I agree. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement there. Um, All right. I want to ask you kind of getting close to wrapping up uh, this segment here. So uh, what award races or all-star events could you see the Thunder having a hand in this year? Okay. Um, like I said, I like, I like Shea as a sleeper MVP pick, mm-hmm. which like I would put him in my top five. Okay. I'll say that. Like, I, like I would, it. I would have him in my top five. I'll That's say another that. test. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chet rookie of the year mm-hmm. in, in the mix for sure. Because again, I think you're looking at the starting center on a 45 plus win playoff team as a rookie. How many guys can say they've been that? Right. Like, uh, and then you're going to look at the, just the impact metrics are going to love them. The, 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 the efficiency is going to look great. Like the eye tests are going to, I don't know. I think, I think Chet's going to be right there. Um, now they need to play 65 games, right. To win the awards next season. Yes. Which like yeah. that could work against Chet if they're conservative with him, just based on kind of the, you know, the relatively recent injury history, but it could work in his favor. If a guy like Wembenyama if the Spurs take that approach and he doesn't play 65 mm-hmm. games. Right. So I think Chet's I, I'm very tempted to just straight up pick him for rookie of the year, but I'll say he's going to be very much in the mix. So, and then in terms of the other award races, like I don't know that I see a most improved guy on the thunder. Like I'm not sure J dub or giddy could, they almost never give it to second year guys. So mm-hmm. I'd probably rule out J dub. I don't know if the giddy takes quite a big enough leap to, to win that one. Outside of that, I don't I don't know who would. Um, and then, you know, obviously, if you look at like Dort could be an all defense contender. Shea, obviously, all NBA probably be in there somewhere. Uh, and then you said all star events. There's one guy that we have not even mentioned. Yet, yeah, which <laughs> this is, I feel like this happens every time I talk about the Thunder. It's always like there's what we haven't even mentioned this guy, but that's. That's the nature of the team right now, and that's Isaiah Joe, obviously. Who yes, sir. There was a lot of people on Twitter last season clamoring for him to be in the three-point contest because he's obviously one of the best shooters in the league. And just we had to watch Julius Randle in the three-point contest <laughs> instead of Isaiah Joe. I, I've never Ridiculous. been sicker in my life. Ridiculous. So I feel like he has to be in the three-point contest next year because there was a – a pretty loud contingency of like not even just OKC fans, but NBA fans. Like, yeah, put this guy in. Like, he's a great story. He was kind of like, it seemed like, you know, most people probably had totally forgotten about him. Mm-hmm. And then he just emerges on OKC as this flamethrower. So uh, I don't think there's any dunk contest um, guys on the Thunder. You know, they're not a real, I mean, yeah, I, probably not a dunk contest guy. So I would say all-star events, Isaiah Joe, three-point contest. And I think he could win it. If he gets in, which which he should, and I, th- I hope the Thunder community on Twitter and wherever just keeps up that that push to get him in there because he, I think he could really shine and get his name out there. He's he's awesome, and he's mm-hmm. another guy that's gonna have to get minutes next season, but he's gonna be super valuable with the spacing he provides as well. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's probably probably it for like awards and all-star off the top of my head, I think. Any love for Martin Dagnall's coach of the year? Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, I think he'll be in there for sure, dude. If they if they were to like reach like what I see as their ceiling, like high 40s for wins, that award could be his. So, yeah, I should have mentioned that too. Yeah. He's yeah. not a player, so I I, I, yeah. I fooled you with the wording of the question. No, <laughs> well, no, no, no. We got it. We got to put Mark in there. That's that's a good one. He's uh, he'll. I think he'll be in the mix. Like I would actually, again, I'd probably say like top five, and with a chance to maybe maybe take that one home if they really, um, you know, meet their ceiling. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, ho- I'm hopeful that Mark has kind of gotten that recognition now after last year, like most people not knowing his name to hopefully yeah. now, like people give him that kind of that, you know, kind of what he deserves with what he did this past season. Like you said, I feel like it's recently coach of the year has always gone to a coach that like exceeds expectations. Like it hasn't really been one seeds recently. It's more so like, you know, Mike Brown this past season, we saw Tom Thibodeau win one. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Mark is a guy who can go ahead and grab it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we talk about this upcoming season for the thunder and, um, Dylan for this next question, are you intending like playoffs specifically? Uh, just in general, just in general. Okay. Wanted to ask about some like potential matchups with the thunder this upcoming season. So like, who is like, what is a team or like, uh, yeah. Or like a player versus player matchup with the thunder and someone else that you really want to see this season. And like, what's one that you like, say we get into like a playoff series in the West, like, What's like a worst case scenario for like this Thunder team outside like the Denver Nuggets because you know they're the reigning NBA champion so we'll, we'll take them out of the equation. Yeah, okay, that's that's tough. Um, I'll say to kind of address the first part, like, look, I, and I think I speak for a lot of people. Um, Chet and Wemby is must yeah, see sure. TV, and I just saw that. I don't even know. It might have been one of you guys that tweeted it, but I saw first that they, preseason. Yeah, the first mm-hmm. preseason game, which that I mean, that's preseason, but that's still exciting. So, but that's one where because I think that could be a rivalry, not even just Chet and Wemby, but like Spurs Thunder for like the next you know however many years. Like mm-hmm. they could be the top two teams in the West in a few years, and um and just to each have these great young centers. Where I and I think Chet's gonna have a little chip on his shoulder in in those matchups because I feel like he's been over even last year, like when he was. Before he even got drafted, he was already being overshadowed by Wemby. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, yeah, Chet's great, but wait do you see the kid that's coming next year. So I feel like he might have a little – and just knowing what I know about Chet, a little chip on his shoulder, I think, in that matchup. People still bringing up that, you know, that international game when they were like 17 or mm-hmm. something. Oh, Wemby, yeah, that was like three years ago. So Hey, check out the W. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Nobody talks about that. So I, I that one, that's the one that I'm circling. That's like a, a game I can't miss. Um, as far as like a tough potential playoff matchup, I'd go um, – I think Memphis could be tough for them. That's, that's um, very fair. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I don't know what the season series was last year, but I know they did a better job on SGA than probably any other team. Mm-hmm. Um, I David think Roddy's thickness gives them issues. <laughs> yeah. yeah is that, I mean, they're just such a, they're, I don't know. They were probably top three defense or whatever. They're obviously defense player of the year, Jaron Jackson. And just, just through and through well coached, super good defense. And, Mark, and to Mark is smart. Mark is smart now. Yeah. That's another, another weapon they have to use. So I would say that's one where like, they're going to be, t- you know, anybody's going to have trouble with Memphis, I think, but, but that's one where they, the th- it's a tough matchup for the Thunder. Cause I think they could, 
they could probably slow down Shea better than better than anybody else, and, and obviously do a good job on on everyone else on the team. So that would probably be the one where like I wouldn't want to see like if 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 say the Thunder got the six and you know Memphis was the three, like that that's not the one I want to see. So yeah, those like yeah. bulky physical guys are the ones that feel like it gives Shea the most problems. Like Dylan Brooks is someone like between Dylan Brooks and David Roddy. Like there was one game not last season, but the year before where Dylan Brooks was kind of you know being physical, doing Dylan Brooks stuff, and then Shea, so yeah, and then Shea ends up cooking at the end and managed to like we managed to win. Um, he's talking smack back to Dylan Brooks and everything, mm-hmm. but yeah, this past year, like you know, between him, between David Roddy, just all those like bulky physical guys they have yeah. out there you know they're bumping shea and stuff like that those are typically the teams that give us problems yeah i remember thunder fans being like memphis is the team we don't want to face if we yeah. end up making it into the playoffs this year so yep yeah they've always kind of felt like the one yeah, yeah. steven adams right. and they're smart now so yeah they're, they're exactly smart. our for- our forever rivals <sighs> yeah <laughs> Hey, Herb Jones is punching air right now because you said that Memphis is the best team at slowing down Shea. Hey, that's fair, man. Herb is Herb is up there. He's up there with with Lou and all those guys, man. All defense caliber. One of my favorites for sure. Yeah, um, yeah but OKC got him in the play-in, right? Absolutely. We, we got him where it hurts. So, all right, man, this is going to be our last little section here. I intentionally didn't give you the questions for it because it's going to kind of be like your gut feeling rapid fire. Uh, just a few predictions here. So, sure. um, starting off here, over under 0.5 FIBA gold medalists this year for the Thunder. Oh man, um, over under 0.5. Uh, who's on the USA team? Uh, so Chet and J Dub are on. They're on the, the select. select yeah, right. Shay and Dort are on Canada. Giddy's on Australia. Garuba's on Spain. Gold medals? Giddy and Jack White. <laughs> Jack Giddy and Jack White. White. I apologize. I wow, apologize. Dylan. Um, under then. Mm. I got to go take, under, right? I, I mean, I'm, going, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. I'm rocking with USA here. Yeah, unless unless, unless the select guys get a medal, but I don't think they do. The select team beat them in the scrimmages today, I heard. Twice. Yeah, mm-hmm. twice. You love to see it. Well, they it's did. not not great if you're really pulling for USA <laughs> to win the, the gold medal. But as a fan of like young players and a lot of the guys on that select team, I thought that was pretty cool. We have vested interest in Team Canada. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, um, understandably so. <laughs> yeah. So over under one and a half All Stars this year. <sighs> gotta go under. Yep. I tend to agree. There's a lot of people that think Jalen Williams is going to take some all-star leap. I'm like, he's a second-year player, dude. If he was like the the only other guy, and mm-hmm. then, you know, and we were still projecting them to be a, a good team, like maybe, but it's just like, yeah, it's almost like Chet, Giddy, and J-Dub are just going to kind of take away from each other just in that sense where like it'll be hard for one of them to really emerge as like an all-star it's so hard to make all-star i think they should mm-hmm. expand the all-star rosters with to, to reflect the level of talent that we have in the league now i think they should add a couple spots because but it's it's so tough i, I would just say uh, sga for that yeah and that's fair because i mean showing how tough it is it was shay's first year last year so right uh, yeah yeah, yeah. Don't don't get me started on 2021. Anyways, um, uh, over under one and a half 20 point scores. Ooh, 
man, that's a good one. I think I got to go under on that, though. I Like, if I had to guess, again, I would say Shea, very high 20s, like mm-hmm. 28, 29, maybe 30. Um, Giddy, Multiple like set, 15 to 18 right. scores. Yeah. Giddy, yeah. Giddy, 17. J-Dub, maybe 16, 17. Chet, maybe like 14, 15. But I don't know. I mm-hmm. Again, it's that same thing where they're just – yeah, cannibalize each other. Yeah, cannibalize. That's the word I think I was looking for. So yeah, I'm gonna go uh, under. Just, just hey. that is uh, definitely fair. Uh, over under one and a half all rookie team members. We have four players eligible technically. So yeah, um, all rookie first or second team. Uh, Chet, Chet's a lock, and then uh, that's tough, man. I just don't know if Kaysen's going to have a big enough role mm-hmm. to quite get there. Because if you even look at some of the guys that didn't make it last season. So I'm going to go just Chet on that. Hey, that's fair. Uh, I mean, what if what if Mitzich, like, just, you know, <laughs> I keep forgetting. I keep not thinking of him as a rookie because he's, like, what, 27, 28? He's, but, he's uh, 29. 29? The 29-year-old rookie. Put him in the Rising Stars game. Absolutely. I would say yeah, I would give him a better shot than Kaysen. Nothing against mm-hmm. Kaysen. I just think Mitsuch is gonna be gonna be good. Um could be really good. Like has higher ceiling for next year than yeah. Kaysen. But I will still go just chat on that one. That's fair. That's an interesting one though. All right. Uh last over under question. Uh over under 0.5 all defensive team members. I think. Oh, I think that's over for sure. Um, I think Lou is due. And if yeah. they're good, which I think, which I certainly think they're going to be, um, you know, if they have even a winning record and like, you know, they're going to be in the spotlight more. I think he's just going to get more recognition. He's going to get talked about by more podcasts and bloggers. And, um, you know, I think the the media members will kind of, catch on sometimes that's all it takes like if zach Lowe hypes him up then he'll probably make it like i feel like there's just a few few of these main media guys that dictate a lot of these awards like if they you know are pushing for something then a lot of the other guys will kind of follow suit but i think that's i think as long as the thunder are you know a playoff team i'd almost be surprised if lou doesn't make it because he hasn't made one yet which is kind of crazy um and then i think chet's got an outside shot at making it like mm-hmm. if he had what if he averages three blocks a game and okc has like the sixth seventh best defense in the nba it'd be hard not to put him on there even though it's extremely rare for rookies to make it i think he, i think between him having an outside shot i think lou having a good shot i'm gonna go over on that one but those would like be the it. two guys yeah yeah we just gotta get lou to to lock up jason tatum and bill simmons will open up his podcast with a monologue about him for real though, like just like a, na- a nationally televised game where he just clamps like some star. Like sometimes that's all it takes, man. So much of this is like just narrative uh, mm-hmm. driven with these these awards. And but yeah, he's he's due. I I, I think he probably gets there. I expect right. this to actually have like national televised games this season, mm-hmm. too. like at least a few. Yeah. So hopefully that helps a bit. It always does. Absolutely. All right. What is the floor and the ceiling for the Thunder this season in terms of wins? Great question. Um, okay, just in terms of wins, I'm gonna just put the floor at. I'm gonna put the floor at 41, 500 floor, and then nice. ceiling. I'll go 
49. I don't think they could. 50 would actually surprise me. 49, like, yeah, that feels. I'll, I'll go 41 floor, 49 ceiling in terms of wins. All right. What is your official prediction for the record and seeding for the Oklahoma City Thunder? Okay. Um, let's go 46 wins and a five seed. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's see here. And then last question. If I were to ask you to give a bold prediction or a hot take for the Thunder of the season, what would it be? Ooh. Um, let's see. I mean, how like for just the team or just any player on the team? Yeah, the team in general, any player on the team, and you know their individual accolades, stats, whatever you want to do. Is Chet leading the league in blocks a hot take? Because I feel like most people probably would have him up there. Yeah, I think that I think that's a hot take. I think there's a very I think there's a very real pretty smoky. All right, I'll say there's a very a very real chance uh, Chet can lead the league in blocks. It wouldn't surprise surprise me in the least. So I'll go with that. One more little uh, piece of hype for my guy Chet. <laughs> well, hey, let's make the take hotter, man. You want to add a number to it? Three plus. Mm, love it. Let's say he let's say he averages three three blocks a game and leads the league. I'm with it. I don't. I would. I, I wouldn't mean, rule it out at all. Mm-mm. With that said, my, my bold take was that he would have a five by five game this season. Ooh, I love that. I love that. I, I wonder what would be the hard. What's the one steals would probably be the one that's mm-hmm. most challenging yeah. for Chet. But. but I mean, with you know, he'll have that game, that random game where his his length will disrupt so much, and he'll probably get like five or six steals. I could see that for sure. Yeah, that's I'm waiting on that. I think the last guy to get one was Yusuf Nurkic in like 2018, maybe. Which is Um, such a weird stat that Yusuf (laughs) Nurkic out of all players is the last. Yeah, you hear like, yeah, Olajuwon, Kirilenko, you know, but then it's like Yusuf Nurkic, like what? (laughs) I'm waiting on that five by five because that's a very, a very cool stat. Honestly, I mean, Vic might, it might be a race between Chet and Vic to get the next one. Like looking at them out there or even Evan Mobley, like one of those young bigs. Yep, because they can all pass too. Yep, for sure. Hey, and if you were going guard, like Shea had a few three block games this year. He did. Yeah, didn't he like lead all guards and mm-hmm. blocks? Yeah, he had a really good defensive season. I don't know if a lot of people have taken note of that, like outside mm-hmm. of Thunder fans, but like he was outstanding defensively. Like he's he's always had the tools, like the length and the mobility, and like it's always you look at him and it's like this guy could be a great defender, and he really took a big step in that direction last season so that'll be interesting to see if he kind of continues with that um but yeah underrated part of his game yeah specifically like help side but like he's just a disruptor like you know help side uh you know shot blocking and you know jumping the passing lines and stuff like that yep. i don't think he'll ever be like a Lou Dort, you know no, no defender no, no. just lock somebody up but like yeah he's he's definitely like a a drive. clear clear plus yeah in addition to being a 30 point a game scorer which is you know not a lot of guys can say that absolutely man well, hey, Brett, I, I I can't thank you enough for coming on the pod. Like, it was an absolute blast talking Thunder basketball with uh, kind of like an outsider but pseudo-insider perspective. Um, so, uh, you know, as we do whenever somebody comes on the pod, you know, open the floor to you, man, anything you want to plug, any, you know, where folks can find your work, where they can uh, listen to you or read you, whatever. Yeah, uh, I mean, you can find me on Twitter, uh, at UsherNBA, U-S-H-E-R-N-B-A. Uh, and then uh, my podcast, um, 
that I've been doing for a few years with, with one of my good friends. It's called the Overstated NBA Show. Uh, feel free to check that out. We should have some new stuff coming soon. We kind of took like a post-summer league hiatus. I think we're finally over the hangover from our few days in Vegas. Um, so we should have some new episodes coming soon. But yeah, the Overstated NBA Show. And uh, other than that, though, uh, no, not not nothing really else to plug but it's a uh, really uh had a blast talking with you guys man that was that was awesome i i love talking thunder especially with you know with thunder guys so that was that was a blast i appreciate you having me on yeah absolutely man we'll have to have you on uh you know once playoffs are coming around we can talk some playoff preview matchups uh, yes yes make it happen but uh until then um you know we will uh you know, listeners, you will hear from us again on Tuesday next week. Uh, FIBA is approaching. I'm sure more clips are going to come out for us to overanalyze because we're thirsty for any kind of Thunder content we can get. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, definitely keep it here for all of your summer league – or not summer league, your FIBA scrimmage clip overreactions. And, uh, you know, we're getting closer to the season. Day by day, uh, it's, it's going to be a long grind. But keep it here for that. So, until then, hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always – Thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Go ahead, Brad. Thunder up. Yeah. Pass the final test, too, 100%. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter, at OKCTopicThunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.